right. Well, good morning, Life Point Church. Hope everyone is doing well. I've had a good week. Uh, man, it's been it's been busy, busy in the Driscoll household. As I know, a lot of people is that way because we're gearing up to get back to school. If you have kids, and uh, or maybe your kids are at different schools, private schools, or um, Catholic schools, Christian schools, whatever it might be, and they're already back. But busy times, busy things going on. Um, but hey, we are finishing up this series called Blessed. So before we go any further with that, I just want to remind you, like right out the gate, because maybe you need to hear this with the stress of work, of kids going back to school, of summer coming to an end, the Delta variant, stress, chaos of everything that might be going on in life. You are blessed. Take time today just to remind yourself of how blessed you are. Think of those positive things in the midst of chaos or stress or anxiety or fear or whatever it is. Just remember that you're blessed because if you think about it, you'll find, a, you'll find just a remnant of a blessing because it, it's there. Sometimes we just have to look for it. So I just wanted to, I don't know, I feel led to open up with that so maybe you're stressed out about everything that's going on, but um, you're blessed. So, but today... We're going to get on into the Beatitudes, right? We are wrapping up this series, this four-week series um, called Blessed. And in the series, what we've done over the past three weeks is we've been checking out the first 12 verses of Jesus' most famous sermon, right? Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5. Um, that's what we know it as today. It's Jesus' most famous collection of teachings. And in the first 12 verses, we see that Jesus pronounces nine blessings over the crowd and over his disciples, those who were following him. And, and again, like I've said every week, it's, it's a very common way for a rabbi or a Jewish leader to have taught at that point in time in history, and even before that, where they would pronounce blessings. But Jesus did it in such a unique Jesus way, where he just flipped it all up on, upside down. So instead of it was, hey, you have to do this in order to be blessed, or you have to be this social status to be blessed, he's just like, hey, because of who you are, you're blessed. It was countercultural. It was really actually shocking when you think about these words, this message from the context and the moment of that point in time in history. When you think of the social and religious climate at the time, and you think of the words that Jesus actually spoke and who he was speaking it to, it was radical, controversial, countercultural, and it was beautiful. It was a picture of the very heart of Jesus, of who he is and what he was about. See, when you break down all these beatitudes, you can see Jesus in each one of them. It's his character. It's who he is. And so as we've said each week, looking at the context in which Jesus spoke this message is really important. And we saw two key things as we led up to chapter 5, found in verse 4. We see Jesus' core message, which I'm going to review again, Matthew 4, 17. Repent, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Jesus was announcing that the kingdom of heaven was here. He was saying all the Old Testament uh, prophecy of, of God coming down to his people and ruling over this world again, taking his rightful place on the throne was coming, right? And Jesus was saying, no, it's here. He is fulfilling this through me. He was proclaiming 
that the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, had drawn near. And the other piece of context that was super important to understanding not only the Beatitudes but the rest of the Sermon on the Mount is who Jesus was speaking to. Right? He was speaking, as we see in verse 4, to a bunch of people who were actually rejected by society. The sick, right? The diseased, the demon-possessed, the outcast, the unimportant. All those type of people always in that Roman culture were rejected. They were worthless. If they didn't provide for something, they're like, you got to go. They were truly the outcasts. They were nothing. And that's who Jesus was speaking to. That's who Jesus chose to share about the kingdom of God first. Those were the first people he spoke to. And as we talked about in week one, we know that he did that because they were truly the poor in spirit. It was the first beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit. They knew they were broken. They knew their need for a savior. They needed help. They were longing for help, right? So because of that, Jesus knew that they were ready to hear that message. They were hungry for it. So he took it to them first. So, so far in this series, we've covered the uh, verses 3 through 9, which is the first seven of these beatitudes or these blessings. We've covered blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Beautiful, beautiful blessings that Jesus is pronouncing over these broken people. And if you missed any of the first three weeks, it's all good. Go check it out on Facebook, YouTube. It's there. Go check it out. Um, I know God will use that to encourage you in some way, shape, or form. So, but today... We're wrapping things up, and we're checking out the final two blessings um, that we have in the Beatitudes. And then he concludes in in verse 12 with some concluding and encouraging remarks. And so for these two final blessings, they're just, well, they're just a little bit different than all the other ones. You see, so far, Jesus is telling these people you're blessed, not because of what you do, but because who you are. And he kind of lays out some of these attributes, right, of these people, right? Like they're humble, they're meek, they're, they're mourning in some way, shape, or form. They long to see righteousness, right? They long to see right relationships, and they're merciful, and they have a pure heart, and they're peacemakers. He's, he's saying you are blessed because of all these things, but in these final two blessings... They serve as a reminder of the potential cost of following Jesus. He was reminding them that there may be a price to pay to be my disciple. But then, of course, he follows it up with, but it's all good because you're blessed. You're blessed. So let's go ahead and check out these final three verses. Matthew chapter 5. Uh, 10 through 12. Tyler's going to throw it up on the screen here. So, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. 
then he goes on to say, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So basically, we can kind of summarize these final two blessings into one and simply say, blessed are those who are persecuted. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Now, if you feel as if you are being persecuted, how many of you would immediately feel blessed? Like, this is awesome. No? Nobody? Yeah, no. Me neither. That's, that's something that, that we would naturally say, I want to avoid right? Like, I don't, I don't want any part of that. But Jesus, again, flipping things on his head, says, blessed are you when you are persecuted. But before we go any further, let me, let me address the word persecuted or persecution. Today, when we look up the definition for the word persecute, we find a couple different definitions. One definition states that to be persecuted means to be harassed or punished in a, in, um, in a way that is designed to injure, grieve, or afflict. Got tongue-tied there, right? So, but to harass or punish someone in a manner that is designed, that is intended to create injury, that is intended to create someone to grieve or to be afflicted. That is, that is intense harassment, harassment and punishment. Another definition is that someone uh, that is, is being persecuted is someone that is subject to hostility or ill treatment, especially because of their race, political views, or religious beliefs. That's persecution. Now, let me go ahead and, and get this out there. And um, some people may disagree with it. That's okay. I hope you give me the freedom and the grace to share this, but it's what's on my heart, and it's been on my heart for a while. Um, I want to, let's be completely honest, right? Like, for me personally, I am kind of tired of hearing American Christians talk about how terribly persecuted they are here in 2021. Like, I hear it, I've heard, it's been a big thing recently, but how persecuted we are. But the reality is, is that very, very few Christians here in America truly ever experience the type of persecution that the individuals that Jesus was addressing in, in the Sermon on the Mount and these Beatitudes were actually facing. Very, very few Christians here in America face the type of persecution that the New Testament church experienced, right? Being falsely accused, arrested, beaten, thrown into prison, right? Being forcibly removed from society. Like, you don't matter. You don't even belong anymore having their possessions and property removed from them because of their belief and even executed, killed. We're not experiencing that here in America in 2021. And I don't say that like boastfully. I'm, I'm thankful that we don't have to experience that. We're not experiencing the type of persecution that other believers in other parts of the world today are facing. Because that's a real thing, right? Not a single one of you, when you drove here 
to church this morning or logged in on Facebook or YouTube worried that someone was going to get some type of your, your, your IP code and everything that you're online are going to come bust in your door and arrest you. No one's worried that a bunch of people, you know, uh, police officers or whatever, are going to come in and start arresting and beating all of us because we said the name of Jesus and we prayed or because we have Bibles. None of us thought that. Not once today. But that is a reality for so many Christians in other parts of the world today. That is true, intense, for real persecution. A couple years back, we had a missionary and his family that came and spoke here at LifePoint Church. And we had to have a long conversation before and after the service to make sure that we didn't post any pictures of them online that we didn't put our podcast up with them speaking because the country that they were serving in is a closed access country, meaning you're not allowed to bring the name of Jesus there. And if they were found out that that's why they were there, see, he was a medical doctor, and so he's serving the community but sharing Jesus. But if they found out, he and his family risked being arrested and killed. Like, it's that intense. That is extreme persecution. So when I think persecution, that's what I typically think. It's intense, right? Now, here in America today, we, we're not facing that. But we do maybe face a little bit of chapter 11 type of persecution, right? Right, where maybe we're insulted, maybe we're labeled a certain thing, or, or we're judged, falsely accused. You know, hey, you claim the name of Jesus, or you say you're a Christian, so that means you're automatically this, right? We get that, and it's super frustrating. Sometimes it can be hurtful. But we're not really dealing with persecution. I think the, the thing that's frustrated me the most some during this pandemic, again, this is going to make some people upset. You're going to disagree. That's okay. We can disagree. But to say that during the shutdown, the church was persecuted, I just, I can't get behind that. I can't buy that because that's not persecution. We were shut down and asked to shut down just like every other major social gathering. We still live streamed. I live streamed from here, sitting right here to a camera for three months, never once did anyone come and like come in and bust in and stop me. I prayed, I shared the gospel, encouraged people. No one came and busted into my house and arrested us. Was it inconvenient? Yeah, but it wasn't persecution. We've got to make sure that we have a right understanding of persecution as we move forward in this conversation today. Because really, there's different levels of persecution. You can't just lump them all in, in one basket. So I, I want to share that just because I want us to kind of be on a similar page, um, wavelength on this. And, and for the sake of ease of our conversation and simpl simplicity of our conversation today, I'm just going to use the term persecution. Okay, So I'm going to use that um, in here, but if you are watching online right now and maybe you live in another country that's you know maybe closed access or you're a missionary and that's the case, just I know that we're praying for you because that is legit serious persecution and we understand how actually we don't understand how heavy that is but we will pray for you and know that Jesus says you are blessed but maybe you're a Christ follower and you're hitting some more of that chapter 11 type of persecution right where where people are labeling you and judging you and you know ignoring you or don't really care what you have to say because you're a Christian and it's frustrating right it's hurtful at times I mean I've been hurt by that I hate it when people just automatically assume because I'm a pastor, I think this, 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 and that I hate this person and hate this person and this group of people when, when I love all people, as Jesus did. 
but it can be frustrating. And it's, and it's a form of persecution. So, but Jesus says, when you're persecuted, to whatever level, you're blessed. So again, jumping back into the actual blessings here, verse 10 and 11, um, we again find something different than the other seven. Not only, you know, before was he, Jesus laying out these like attributes, but now it's kind of like this is the potential cost. But he, the first seven were also pretty broad, right? It was kind of like, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit. Vague, that's kind of just poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the merciful. It just kind of left it open-ended there. But in these last two blessings, in verse 10 and 11, Jesus gets a little more specific with this blessing. Because he doesn't just say, blessed are those who are persecuted. He gives the rationale for the type of persecution that he's blessing. See, the first thing we see is, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He didn't just leave it at those who are persecuted. But rather, he goes on to explain it a little further, and blessed are those who face persecution because of righteousness. And if you joined us in week two or watched it online, you know that when we look at the Old Testament definition of the word righteousness, it's not about morality. It's not about being morally right. It's about hungering and thirsting, right? Right relationships, restoring relationships, restoration, justice. That's what we're talking about here, right relationships. So blessed are those who are persecuted for longing for right relationships, for longing to see people come into a relationship with Jesus, for longing to see unity in their city, in their society, in their culture, within their community. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, who long to see people come to know Jesus. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus continues and gives another description of the kind of, of persecution that is being blessed. And he says, blessed are those who are persecuted basically because of Jesus. Verse 11, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. So Jesus' words. Blessed are you when people treat you like that on the account of me. Because you identify as a disciple. Because you follow me. Because you trust me. Because you're living for me. It's because of Jesus. And he blesses you when you're persecuted for that. You see, when we become a follower of Jesus, like a true follower of Jesus, our lives should look drastically different. It should look different, not because we're better than, and we should never come across that way, but our lives should naturally look, naturally look different because we have the Holy Spirit that's living in and through us, which should result in us living and loving more like Jesus every day. It's a journey, but it should lead us into being more and more like Jesus, which when that happens, it should turn heads, right? It should lead to people asking us like, man, why, do you, why are you so joyful? Hey, why are you so humble? 
Why do you serve the way you serve? Why do you love people the way you love people? It should naturally lead to an opportunity for you to share about Jesus. And in turn, hopefully people will come to know Jesus as their Savior. But you see, there's a flip side to that as well. When we live differently and we turn heads, because we live in a fallen and flawed world, there are going to be people that aren't going to vibe with what you got to say. And they're not going to vibe with how you live, right? We live in an imperfect world. And it might lead to a little bit of persecution. Or maybe a lot of persecution. I'm not saying that there's not people that experience that intense level of persecution in America today. It happens. You can read plenty of stories about it. But that's not the norm. But reality is, is we're going to face some persecution if we're truly living for Jesus at some level. Which doesn't sound fun. (laughs) I don't think anyone's pumped about that. Especially looking at the blank faces. Either I'm super boring today or y'all are like, this is heavy. Persecution is no fun, right? But Jesus says you're blessed. He says you're blessed, man. And I think it's really interesting. Again, as I've studied this for this series, it's, I, I've so much enjoyed it because God has showed me these little bitty glimpses of different things that I've never seen in this before. And one of the things is I think the fact that Jesus chose to be really specific when talking about persecution, it it reminds us, right, and leads us to believe that while there are types of persecution that he blesses, it also means that there's types of persecution that he doesn't bless, that he doesn't bless. You see, there's a big, big difference between facing persecution and creating persecution, Let me say that again. There's a big difference between facing persecution and actually creating the persecution. There are are people facing persecution because of righteousness, because they long to see relationships righted and justice and restoration and in the name of Jesus. But there's also people creating persecution because of division and pride. A big difference there. There are so many Christians today that claim persecution, that cry out that they're being persecuted. And maybe they actually are experiencing persecution, but it's not because of righteousness and it's not because they're following Jesus, but rather it's because they're creating division and they won't let their pride go. They're focused on putting others down maybe hatefully calling out their sin in public formats, not doing it in a loving way, pointing out everyone's flaws, probably just to make them feel more okay about themselves. I've seen it. I've done it throughout my life. Rather than showing someone the same love and mercy and grace that God showed them. It's a big difference. There's, there's Christians out there that rather seek, and we've talked about this before, seek and win a debate and an argument. They'd rather be right than to actually take the time and the work that's necessary to seek righteousness, to seek right relations, to bring restoration, because that's hard work. It's not easy work. And as a result, they might face some persecution. But this type of persecution is unrighteous. That's not about Jesus. It's about them. Therefore, It's not blessed. 
This is the reason I am no longer on Facebook. <laughs> I know my wife gets on me from time to time. She's like, you harp on social media too much for someone that loves social media. Like, I do. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. But I love Instagram. Catch me on there. I'm there. But, man, six years ago, I got off Facebook because I could not stop getting into arguments and debates with Christians that I grew up with and went to school with. Because what I was witnessing was pushing people away from Jesus. It was, and then they would cry persecution. They're on there just shaming people, calling them vulgar names, and just, I just couldn't take it, and I couldn't keep my mouth shut. So I'm like, I'm rattling off back and forth, and they're like, well, you're persecuting. I'm being persecuted because I'm sharing the truth. It's like, no, bro, you're being a jerk, and God doesn't bless that. Because it's not about creating persecution. It's not about creating division. If we face persecution, it should be because we're seeking righteousness. We're seeking right relationships. We're stepping up for justice when it's tough and difficult. We're standing up in the name of Jesus for what matters and doing so in a way that Jesus showed us to do in the New Testament, not in a prideful, boastful, hateful way, not in an isolating, divisive way, but in a loving way, a way that brings unity, that doesn't skirt the truth, but does it in love and grace and understanding. It can actually be done, believe it or not. And when you do that, even when you're persecuted, he says you're blessed. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and say false things, all kinds of false things about you, evil against you because of me. And again, let's be honest, those two blessings, right, like persecution, that doesn't sound like very much fun. <laughs> again, it's our natural instinct and desire to avoid hurt, to avoid pain, to avoid persecution. It's heavy. It's not fun. Even the minor, right? Someone says some negative things about you because you're a Christian, it's like, bro, you don't know me. You try God, don't try me. Right? But we get, we get persecuted like that. And it's frustrating. It's hurtful. Even in the, the minor ways. Yet Jesus says, completely countercultural, even today, complete, completely upside down, those who are persecuted are so, so blessed. Then he concludes with this in verse 12. Again, doesn't make sense coming off the topic of persecution, but he says rejoice and be glad. Why? Because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. It's in the same way. When you are faced with persecution, insults, false accusations, harassment, maybe even if it leads to injury and grief. Jesus says you can rejoice and you can be glad. And that does not make sense to us on the surface, right? Surface level, you know, first glance, crazy. There's no way. There's no way I can go through that and feel like I can rejoice and be glad. But Jesus says that we can and we should because we are blessed. And he says great is your reward in heaven. We can rejoice 
and be glad no matter what we face. Seriously, hear me on this. You can be joyful, glad. You can rejoice no matter your circumstance, no matter what you face here on this earth, no matter how hurtful or painful or difficult or exhausting it may be. You can rejoice. You can be glad because you are blessed. Because of the fact that if you are a follower of Jesus, right, a true disciple of him, we know that the victory is already won. The end game, done, finished. It's over. Newsflash, spoiler alert, we win. Not because of us, but because of Jesus. We are forever and eternally in his presence. We have been made right with God through Jesus, connected with, to him for all time. He says he will never leave you, never forsake you, even in the middle of the persecution, even in the middle of your darkest hour, even in the middle of your greatest hurt. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. I have your back. We've been made right with him. Maybe the greatest miracle, I don't know about for you, but the greatest miracle for me ever is that I could be made right with God. After all my flaws and screw-ups and stupidity, dumb things that I've done in my life and honestly continue to do, somehow I'm made right with God. And it's not somehow, it's because of Jesus. It's amazing. We are truly blessed. As we conclude this, this series, I just want to read through these once again. Starting in verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for right relationships, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Hello, can we get some peacemakers here, please? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. And then blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, because of Jesus. Nine beautiful an incredibly shocking, countercultural blessings that Jesus pronounced over the most unlikely people of that time period, showing his true nature, his heart, his mission, why he was here. He didn't come for the healthy, he came for the sick, the poor in spirit, the ones who were hurting and broken. And he looked at them, and he said, you are blessed. And here in 2021, as we read through these Beatitudes, knowing the context, knowing what was going on, these blessings, honestly, should begin to motivate us to do something if we're not already. They should motivate you to do something, to begin to live these out not because like, you need to do it so that Jesus will bless you. No, no, no. You live this way 
Because you're already blessed. Because Jesus gave it all for you. Because we are Christians. If you want to get down to it, like Christian gets thrown out there, you know, Christians should be Christ-like. Imitators of Jesus. Our lives should reflect the life of Jesus. That's why these Beatitudes are so important, because this is truly the heart of Jesus. He reflects every single aspect of the Beatitudes. He is a picture, a beautiful, beautiful picture of these blessings. It's who he is, and it should drive us to be more like him, which is motivated to live these out, because you are blessed. And maybe you're here today. Maybe you've just caught this message, or you've heard the whole series, or whatever. It doesn't really matter. But maybe you're here today, and you don't feel very blessed. You feel unimportant, insignificant, maybe like a complete failure. You feel like these followers of Jesus that he's speaking to in Matthew 5. Maybe society has rejected you. You don't feel you're good enough. Maybe your body isn't functioning the way it's supposed to, the way you want it to. Things aren't going well. Maybe, maybe people in your community or in your family have rejected you because of righteousness, because you follow Jesus, or friends, you're not getting invited places, and it's stressful, and it's hurtful, whatever it may be. And if that's you, just know that it's okay. Know that it's okay because Jesus is here. The kingdom of heaven has come near, and he says, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, says you are blessed. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, he says, I am with you, and God is for you. Like, what else do we need? That should give us, like, the energy to just run through a brick wall, right? God is with you, and he is for you. The poor in spirit, the ones who feel unimportant, less than, not enough, those are the ones who are ready to receive Jesus. The ones who are ready to be changed by his Holy Spirit and to live like him. So no matter what you're facing today, no matter what it is, because of Jesus, you can have confidence and say, you know what? I'm blessed. You're blessed. So the, the series title, Blessed with a Big Question Mark, it's answered. <laughs> it's answered. You are blessed. Period. The end. Live that way. And if you don't feel that way, I get it. We have seasons. We have struggles. Seek him. Ask Jesus to show you those areas in your life that are truly blessed. You'll probably be flooded with them because you are truly blessed. Let's pray. Jesus, we, we thank you so much again for the fact that you love us. The fact that, that you call us your own. That you've forgiven us. That you gave your life so that we could be made whole. The ultimate sacrifice. Jesus, we thank you. The ultimate blessing. And Lord, as we 
as we kind of come to you in this moment, the team playing here in a second, and just having just a time with you, Lord, will you, will you show us how blessed we are? For those that are struggling, who may not feel blessed, who feel less than, who are doubting, who are discouraged, who are in a funk, who are sick, Jesus, may you show us that we're blessed. May we feel your blessing like never before. Maybe there's those here, maybe you're here today or watching online and, and man, you've never stepped over that line of faith. You're in a point in time in your life right now where, where you do, you feel unimportant. You feel lost. You feel like you don't know which way to turn. Jesus says you're blessed. And he loves you and he wants to be in relationship with you. That's why God sent his son. That's why he sent Jesus to bring in, the, usher in the kingdom of God. To die on the cross for you. To take on your guilt, your sin, and your shame. He did that for you. Then he died and rose again victoriously, claiming victory once and for all. To let us know that we are blessed. And if you're here today and you've never stepped over that line of faith, maybe you just don't know if you have or whatever it may be, just understand that God loves you. He made this way for you. And all you need to do is just call on his name. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God rose him from the grave, that you'll be saved. Something powerful about confessing and believing. Confessing that you have flaws, you're not perfect, you're in need of a Savior, and believing that he is who he says he is. Simple as that. So if that's where you're at and you're ready to take that step, just call on him however he leads. It doesn't matter where you're at, whether you're here in person, whether you're walk, watching online, driving down the road, it doesn't matter. You can call on him anywhere. Confess and believe. If you have questions about that or you want to talk with me or Jen or someone else or Jared or whoever, just reach out to us. Send us a direct message. If you're here, talk to us afterwards. We'd love to walk you through that. Answer questions you may have, encourage you as you seek him. But again, maybe you're just struggling with feeling blessed. Spend some time this week, read back through these Beatitudes from the perspective of understanding that who Jesus was speaking to. Just some jacked up, hurt, broken, rejected people. And he told them, you're blessed. Blessed. So receive that this week. Live this week from blessing. And if persecution comes knocking, just rejoice. Lock arms with some other believers that you may need it. Encourage, love people. Jesus is there. He's got your back. So you can rejoice. Jesus, again, we love you and we thank you. Pray that you would speak truth over each and every person that's here, that's watching online, Lord, whatever it is that they need to hear, Holy Spirit, we just allow
just we just want to give you the freedom to speak truth over what what it is we need to hear change lives lead us more to be like you may we had the boldness and the confidence to love like you love no matter how intense that might be no matter how much persecution we might face Lord may we truly love and live like you loved and lived and we need your Holy Spirit to be able to do that we thank you Jesus thank you for blessing us in your name we pray through our tithes and our offerings here at LifePoint. There's a few different ways that you can give. You can give here in person if you're here. Um, on your way out, there's a basket at the table right out of the middle. There's some envelopes and pens, all that good stuff. You can feel free to give in person, or you can go to our website. Top right-hand corner is an online giving button. They'll take you to a safe and secure place where you can give. Or, as I say every week, you know, I think the easiest, my favorite way to give um, platform that I use is through Church Center. Uh, so you can scan that QR code or you can find it in the App Store. Um, get signed up for that. You get your own little, basically your 
profile in the, in the church center. It's pretty sweet. You can give pretty quickly, sign up for groups or anything like that. So go ahead and get in on that. But however you choose to give and get connected, um, we're just so thankful that you're, you're here with us, you're partnering with us in ministry, and um, just giving back a portion of what it is that, that God has blessed you with. Um, speaking of giving, we also, um, if there's anyone that's, that wants to serve, um, and wants to plug in using not only your, you know, all your resources, which are your personal resources of who you are, uh, your gifts, your skills, and your talents. Um, you know, we're hoping in the next few months um, to, to begin to, we're having lots of conversations about our kids' ministry. We're watching the way things are going with schools opening back up and, and uh, Delta variant and all this stuff. So we're keeping a close eye on that. And we're holding back, but we want to be ready to, to go if that's a safe something that we can do safely. So if you're interested in serving kids ministry, um, Will would be very thankful if I said, if you're interested in serving on the tech team, um, to, to hit him up, um, to, to look to start plugging in in that area. So um, we, want, we want as many people as active as possible. And so if you're looking to serve, come talk to me. Um, we'd love to have a conversation. Um, they're actually renovating the sanctuary right now. Not like physically right now. They did it before the service. But we are working on doing some things. So if you're handy with tools, come do that as well. So there's plenty of opportunities to serve. And we want to connect that way as well. So um, get involved in that if you'd like to. So, um, man, other than that, thank you all so much for being here. I'm going to stop rambling. I know you all are tired of hearing me talk. I don't blame you. Uh, you should feel bad for my, my wife and kids. They get to hear it all day, every day. So, but man, seriously, thank you all for being here. Thanks for joining us online. We love you guys, and um, we will see you all next week. If you need anything throughout the week, do not hesitate to reach out and hit us up. Love you guys. Have a good one. Thank you so much for being here with us once again for LifePoint Online. If this is your first time here with us, thank you all so much for being here and hanging out with us and checking out LifePoint Church. If you'd like more information or if you have any questions, you can either drop a comment below or you can visit us on our website or any of our social media platforms. And if you have questions, just go ahead and ask and someone from our team will get back with you as soon as we possibly can. Also, if you want to continue to worship um, with your tithes and your offerings, or if you just simply want to give to LifePoint Church, you can head over to our website. It's lpc502.com. In the top right-hand corner is an online giving button. If you click it, it takes you to a safe and secure place where you can give. You can also begin to text to give by texting the amount that you want to give to the number 84321. But however you choose to give, we're just so thankful and humbled by the fact that you're on mission and that you're giving back just a portion of what it is that God has blessed you with. Again, thank you all so much for being here with us today. We hope that you'll join us in connecting and doing life online throughout the week. And until next Sunday, we'll see you later. Have a great one.